0: mini episode 77 of Real Life Ghost Stories. I have three lovely stories for you today and the last story comes from July the 30th, 2020. And story number one comes from Laura. We were renting a home and had just moved in the day before. It was perfect. It had three bedrooms, two baths, a safe neighbourhood and a huge yard for our young children to play in. I was still unpacking boxes in the kitchen while my children played in their rooms. My son was five, my daughter's four and almost three. While I was putting dishes away, I heard my four-year-old yell out in a distressed voice. I turned around to see her dragging her little sister by the wrist towards me, her face pale. Mommy, there's a man in my closet. I blinked at her several times. But as a child whose parents never really comforted me, I have tried to reassure my children when they are frightened. So I nodded put on a brave face, and marched into their room, throwing the closet door open. Which, in hindsight, seems crazy, but something about having kids turns you into a badass. There was nothing there, of course, and my two tiny little girls had followed me back in there nervously. I turned and asked, Is this where you saw the man? My eldest nodded and I told her no one was there now. She swore she saw him and looked so distraught. So I nodded and I yelled out, If you are in this closet, you need to get out now. You don't live here and I will not allow you to stay. You are not to bother my children ever again or you will regret it. I then told my little girls that they never have to be afraid as this was our home and I was the scariest thing in it. They bought it and went back to playing. It was that night that I went to get groceries while my husband stayed at home with our kids. He had put them to bed and then grabbed a shower while I was gone and before I returned, my cell phone was ringing. Were you here? When, I asked. Just now, were you here? I told him I wasn't, but I was pulling up our street. When I arrived, my six-foot-two, broad, muscular husband was standing in the kitchen with a towel around his waist, his tan skin looking white as a sheet. I immediately asked what was wrong. He explained to me that all of the kids were out cold and that he was in the shower when he heard our TV in our bedroom cut on and then heard heavy footsteps leaving our room and coming down the hall towards the kitchen. He was shaken because our TV was on a very tall cabinet none of our small children could reach and it had no remote. He also said it was not the sound of our children's little feet. It was very strong, boot-like steps. He had walked out and searched the home to find all of our children asleep and the iron rod doors locked. From there the occurrences just became more frequent. We would watch things move before our very eyes, hear something walk around in whatever part of the home we weren't in. It got worse when we adopted a little kitten. He grew into a large male cat that would hear things when I did and solidify what I heard, then I'd turn and see him in a defensive position looking in the same direction. It was two years before I saw anything. I was sitting in our recliner watching TV late one night when I saw a man walk across a doorway in our kitchen. I jumped up and ran to the kitchen but no one was there. Nothing seemed malicious, no one was ever touched. My husband and I would both look at each other when things happened but we never spoke about it because other than the first day our children never saw anything and we felt like if we talked about it it would get worse. We did speak with our neighbours who said other than us the only person who had lived there was the man who built the home 60 years prior. His first wife and second had died, but not in the home, but that he had passed away while he was in the house. The neighbours talked about how he had put everything into that home and had been a very nice man. It wasn't as if we didn't get creeped out at times, we did nice man or not, if it was him, he was now in a different form and lurking around a home with our children in it. But I was in nursing school and we weren't in a position to move. After six years of listening to footsteps up and down the hallways day and night, things being moved around and sounds of crashes that seemed to come from nowhere, the landlord decided to get out of the rental business and sell the home. We began looking and decided it was time for a bigger home as our kids were getting bigger and we were outgrowing the small house. On our final night, my husband and I were getting ready for bed. I was sitting in our bed while he was getting a glass of water in the kitchen. Our children were already asleep. I happened to look up and saw a man-shaped shadow in the hall with a wide-brimmed hat. I called out to my husband and asked where he was. He said he was in the far side of the kitchen I watched the shadow seemed to move and shift, looking between the kitchen and my room as if it couldn't figure out who to look at. Suddenly my husband noticed it too and asked where I was, and I told him I was sitting on the bed. We watched this shadow man move back and forth for four or five minutes before it walked towards our den. My poor husband was shook and hurried to the bedroom. After six years it didn't seem to faze me. I quickly fell asleep and got ready to move the next day. We moved without a hitch and closed the next day. The owners who sold to us asked us at closing if they could retrieve something they buried in the garden. We agreed and they followed us back to the house where they dug up a medallion. They were Catholic and I asked what it was. Both looked at each other weirdly and then they told me and my husband, it provides protection over the home." Then they left, me and my husband standing on our sidewalk where my husband turned looking at our home and let out a whisper of son of a bitch. After a few nights I woke up at around 3am. I was on my side facing my window. Standing next to my bed staring down at me was an old man. He was wearing a suit. Nothing really old, maybe the early 2000s trend. He had white hair and normal looking eyes. It didn't seem malicious, he was just standing there looking at me, like a grandparent would. I took a moment looking at him, but maybe it was the years of living in such an active house, but I simply turned over, closed my eyes and went back to sleep. I haven't seen him again, nor had I thought about him since that night nearly three years ago until the other day. My daughter, who saw the man in the closet, is now thirteen, and she was sitting at our counter and calmly asked me, If I remembered that day when she saw the man, I said I did, and she proceeded to tell me what he looked like, describing his face in detail. My heart felt like it stopped, because she described the man standing next to my bed. She said she never saw him after that day, but her and my other two have since told me that they would hear him walking up and down the hallway at night. They remember hearing things, but said they weren't scared after I yelled at it. I wonder now if it was the man who built and died in the old house. If he was just curious of us, and then got used to us living with him. I wonder now if I saw him standing next to our bed because he wondered where we went. I don't think I will ever know for sure. Nothing strange happens in our house now, and maybe he just wanted to make sure we were safe, or maybe he was saying goodbye to me. After all... We were housemates for nearly six years, and story number two comes from Mary. My first story occurred when I was a young child of about seven. I'm the youngest of five children. My father bought a large farmhouse built in the 1920s in the middle of Topilo, Mississippi, when they found out that my mom was expecting again. My siblings were 18, 16, 12 and 11 when I came. They were a tad bitter as the home my dad bought was a bit run down and in a part of town that wasn't exactly growing. My home was built in the middle of a farm in the 1920s and a neighbourhood grew up around it as the original family sold off parcels of land. At the time of my birth, the neighbourhood had become a lovely old southern lady who needed a bit more rouge and powder to pass as a presentable femme. Nevertheless, I digress. When I was a small child, I slept in my parents' bedroom in a toddler bed. As my brothers grew old enough and went off to university or homes of their own, I moved out from under my parents' wings, of which I'm sure they were glad, and was planted in a bedroom that connected to my older sister's shared sunroom. I can remember hearing the children's laughter in the middle of the night, late, when no children should be out and about. This happened a handful of times before my sisters brought it up to my parents at breakfast. My parents expressed some concern and blamed it on a questionable family who'd recently moved in with small children who ran wild. One particular night I was awakened by a rather loud thunderclap and the sound of incredibly animated children's chatter and laughter. My sisters were dismayed enough to wake our father, which was just not done. He circled outside the house in his boxers with a pistol, as he was wont to do whenever there was a disturbance, and found no errant children playing in our yard. It honestly sounded as though they were in my sister's sunroom. My father laid in one of my sister's twin beds as the displaced sister curled under the covers with me. The giggling and frivolity continued as the storm raged on. I remember snuggling against my older sister with every fine hair in my body standing on end. I was an empath, you see, without the knowledge to speak what I was. My father hollered in his most authoritarian tone. You kids go home now. It's late. It's time for you to go to bed. Immediately the giggling ceased and the tromping children's feet ran off into wherever ghostly children go. A few nights later I was alone and woke with the small hairs of my arms raised. The house was sleeping, I could tell. I looked out into the hallway to the lone gas floor furnace that heated our home. I saw a little girl in a long gown, her hair caught back in ribbons, warming her hands over the floor furnace. I was freezing cold from her presence. She looked at me and then winked out as if she were a light. For the rest of my life in that house, I was on alert. After all my siblings moved away from home and I alone lived in that part of the house I would be awakened by footsteps softly falling through the hallway. I was not afraid, only breathless. I knew there was something in the house with me that I could not see. My godmother had grown up in an antebellum mansion in a town adjacent to Topilo called Pontotoc. The mansion was built before the Civil War and called Lockenvar by the Scottish Gordon family who migrated to the area in the 1840s and built it piece by fabulous piece, unfortunately by slave labour. During the Civil War the builder, one Colonel Gordon, went off to fight leaving it in the care of his son James and a caretaker named Uncle Eb. Years passed, Eb and James passed away. The home became a saloon, a boarding house and other things. It stood empty for years. In the 1960s it was purchased by a local physician named Tudor. He had three daughters, one of which was my godmother. She has told me many stories of hauntings in the mansion. The first night they spent there after her father bought it with the intention of restoring it to its former glory, my godmother was 12 and placed across the hall from her parents' room in the ladies' salon which contained an old horsehair couch and a single bulb hanging from a wire with a pull chain. Her parents settled her on the couch under a blanket, pulled the chain, leaving her in darkness, and went to bed. As she drifted off to sleep, she heard horse breathing in her ear. She sat up and screamed, as any respectable 12-year-old girl would do. Her father came in, she explained the goings-on, and he told her that she was dreaming. He left her again. The hoarse breathing came again. She ran from the room and hid under the dining room table. Her father entered the parlour, turned out the light and laid on the couch himself. As he settled, the hoarse breathing could be heard in his ear. He stood. The breathing was heard from the corner of the room. He pursued it. It fled to the opposite corner. This continued till the pull string to the light tapped his head. He pulled the string loudly and exclaimed, That's it, I'm going to bed. My godmother slept the rest of the night under the dining room table. Throughout the years, they were often haunted in their home. Their names would be called when they were alone in the house. Footfalls down the stairs, plants that moved as though someone was brushing by them, rocking chairs in bedrooms rocking on their own, and always Uncle Eb's lantern outside patrolling the property before bedtime. He was killed one night during patrol, you see. And the legend says he never knew when his duty was done. When I was about ten years old, my father took me to fish on the Lochinvar Lake. I was feeling quite antsy and uncomfortable the entire time. An empath, you see. Near dark, I begged my dad to leave the lake and go home. As we packed up and I sat on the back of his pickup truck, as he shut and locked the old rusty gate leading to the lake I saw it I saw Uncle Eb's swinging lantern coming along the fence row towards the gate I jumped off the back of the truck and locked myself in the cab my dad stood at the door tapping on the window asking to be let in I pulled the pin to unlock his door he asked if I saw Eb and I said I did he sped off and we never spoke of it again I had a boyfriend in high school who lived next to a graveyard in East Topilo. They never mentioned it, but Elvis was born in East Topilo. Useless fact. You're welcome. When my high school boyfriend was about 14, he and his friends decided to have a seance in their bedroom. A Ouija board may or may not have been involved. I don't remember the exact particulars. They asked the spirit for a sign that he was there. Their bedroom was covered in Iron Maiden posters. They asked that a poster would fall off the wall as a sign. One Iron Maiden poster rolled up from the bottom and fell off the wall. The boys giggled and acted like complete morons, I'm sure. Then another poster rolled up from the bottom and fell off the wall. Then another. And another. The walls were bare in about ten minutes and the boys were horrified. After that event, the upstairs of the house was plagued with doors opening on their own Banging, footsteps, cold spots etc. Years later I married that high school boyfriend briefly. We lived there upstairs for a time. My ex-husband worked and partied late into the evenings and my dog and I were left upstairs alone. Each night before I went to bed I shut all the doors upstairs. I made absolutely certain they were closed. My dog and I would get into bed as I'd fall asleep I'd hear the doors open one by one. God forbid I ever had to pee I'd run down the hallway with my eyes closed counting steps until I reached the bath My dog would run along with me growling at whatever it was that lived there too One night not long before I moved out I awoke at around 3am hearing footsteps My dog jumped to the very edge of the bed growling deep in her chest the hairs on her back standing on end The doorknob turned slowly downward It was the lever kind And then nothing. The door never opened. My dog did not calm herself till much later. I told myself it was my ex playing a trick on me, though I knew it wasn't. The air had tasted sour and metallic, and I knew it was the demon that those stupid boys had called up years ago. Call them ghosts, or call them spirits, apparitions, whatever you like. They're there. I feel them, and I know they're there. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And story number three comes from Rachel. When I was around 13 years old, I woke in the middle of the night and needed the bathroom. My bedroom at the time directly faced the bathroom door and as a family we never closed our bedroom doors or the bathroom door at night. I remember starting to walk towards the bathroom bleary eyed and I hadn't got past my bedroom door when I looked up and saw a girl standing in the doorway to the bathroom. I don't remember seeing facial features, but long dark hair and a light coloured dress. White or light grey. I screamed and ran into my parents' room and refused to sleep on my own that night. I slept with my bedroom door shut after that, but don't remember thinking much more of it. A few months later, my parents had friends round for a drink, and after a few drinks, my mum casually said to her friend, Rachel saw Emily a couple of weeks ago. I obviously then questioned them on who the hell Emily was. My mum was shocked that I didn't remember, and told me that as soon as I was able to talk when I was a young child, I spoke about my friend Emily who lived in our house. My mum said I was a very early talker, and at the age of 18 months I could hold conversations. While being potty trained, I used to sit on the toilet and make my mum sit in the doorway, and I'd tell her all about my friend Emily. My mum presumed I had an imaginary friend, until one day when I was around two years old, I told my mum I knew how babies were made. My mum said... I know you do, they come from mummy's tummies. To which I apparently replied, Yes, I know, and daddy's put them there, Emily told me so. My mum said she was understandably horrified that not only did her young child know this, but apparently an imaginary person had told her. My mum did not know how I could have learned this information. She said I used to describe Emily as a girl with long dark hair and a white dress. I don't know at what age I stopped being friends with Emily, but I certainly don't remember her now. I didn't see her again, but there was always a sense that you weren't alone in the house. There would be unexplainable noises and falling pictures and mirrors, and if the key was left in the door, it would start swinging on its own, but nothing would really freak us out. That was until a couple of years ago when I was around 20. My parents were away and my boyfriend at the time was staying with me. I was working at the local Asda until 10pm one evening and he was in the house alone. I got home just after 10 to find him curled up on the sofa with all the lights on. My first reaction was to shout at him for being lazy and not turning lights off after himself, until he told me this. He was stood at the kitchen sink, washing the pots, and we had a mirror above the sink at the time. He explained that he looked up and in the mirror he could see a girl with dark hair stood in front of the door behind him. I had dark hair at the time, and he said he turned to ask why I was home from work so early, and why I was just standing in the door like a weirdo. When he turned around there was nobody there. He said he was certain it was a girl, as he mistook what he saw as being me. Needless to say the light stayed on that evening. Interestingly, I used to have a reoccurring dream that my parents knocked down a cupboard in my bedroom and found the corpse of a girl. I potentially think that this dream was fueled by my encounter with Emily, but nonetheless, I refused to let my parents knock the cupboard down. Since I've moved out, my parents did knock the cupboard down and just to confirm there was no corpse. My mum has mentioned the unexplained noises have stopped though. I haven't looked into the history of the house. It isn't particularly old as it was built in the 1960s. I do know there are coal mines underneath. I don't know if Emily actually exists or if she was a childhood imaginary friend who I thought I saw when half asleep one night. And my ex-boyfriend is just a big wimp, but I thought it was worth sharing the story. Thank you to Laura, Mary and Rachel for sharing your stories. I deeply apologise if I pronounced any place names wrong but I did my best and just to remind that the last story was from the 30th of July 2020. If you want to find out more about us you can do so by logging on to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com You can also submit your own story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com And on that note, we shall see you next week.